0: from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Let me start by saying this. In terms of the matchups this weekend, always a pretty good sign for a playoff matchup, especially a conference championship matchup when the betting line is moving all over the place, when money is flying in on both sides, when the spread is jumping around like, I don't know, Jake Rome at Camp Randall at a Badgers home game. On Wisconsin, baby. And on Bengals Chiefs. On Wisconsin. On Badger Mafia. Hey, old what's-your-face. Don't call me with that. On Wisconsin. Badger Nation. Badger Mafia. Whatever. Anyway. On Bengals Chiefs. On AFC Championship Rematch. Because this AFC Championship Rematch is pretty freaking amazing. Case in point, the wild and extreme movement of that line all week long. Essentially, the betting line on this game is drunk. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The line is drunk, but there it goes. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Kevin Harlan, legend. As I already mentioned earlier in the week, KC did open up as a a point-and-a-half favorite. Then it swung all the way back to Cincinnati's side and the Bengals were minus two and a half. Pretty rare. Pretty rare to see line movement like that in a game of this magnitude. And even more rare to see Patrick Mahomes Mahomes, and the Chiefs as a home dog in the playoffs. Pretty rare. How rare? So rare that that's never actually happened. Think about that. Patrick Mahomes in his prime and the Chiefs a home dog in the playoffs. That's never happened, and for pretty obvious reasons. And you know what the thing is? It may still not happen. Because this morning, that drunken sailor, that bleep-canned betting line, is already three sheets to the wind and moving around again. At last sight, it was sitting... As a pick 'em, even money. And then, of course, it shifted yet again towards KC. This is what I'm saying, man. The wind is blowing. And it's gonna shift some more because right about now it's got the spins at the club at 3 o'clock in the morning. So I would expect a little more wobbling and more swaying. But really, to me, the line should not have budged from a pick 'em game because even money feels right. No matter where that game is. Normally, when a game is played at home, You know, give three points to the visiting team. Not this game. These two teams are so evenly matched. And it feels wrong to call either one of them an underdog, right? I mean, would you call Joe Burrow an underdog? Would you call Patrick Mahomes an underdog? Would you call either one of these teams underdogs? Not at all. But then, don't take my word for it. Take it from either QB, because both of these dudes have made it perfectly clear that they never see themselves as underdogs in any game. And, of course, they shouldn't. We're talking about a couple of future Hall of Famers. Take Patrick Mahomes. He said it yesterday. You know, bad ankle or not, I'm no underdog.
1: Yeah, I mean, every time I walk on that field, I don't I don't think I'm an underdog, especially when I walk on Arrowhead's field. So uh, I just go in with the same mindset of we're going to play our best football to win. Uh, we know we're playing a great football team that's beat us the last three times. Um, and so we have to learn from our mistakes in the past and be better um, in order to, to win against a great football team.
0: Keep in mind, he said, whenever we or I walk onto, quote, Arrowhead's field. I'll go back to that in a minute. Hey, listen, you don't get to be Patrick Mahomes without that mindset, right? But I will admit, even Joe Burrow's version of this same sentiment last week was even swaggier than that. Do you feel like an underdog going into
2: this game? I never feel like an underdog.
0: <laughs> kind of sniffed. You know, that that sniff right there at the end of that, I never feel like an underdog, that that literal and metaphorical sniff, like he sniffed, Slider. that was the epitome of, or the equivalent of, please, please, and that's what that was, me, Joe Burrow, that, that was the equivalent also of, you know who the hell I am? You know who the hell I am? Alvy! That was quick. Me? (laughs) Expecting anything less or me being an underdog. You know who the hell I am. (laughs) The only reason either one of these guys would be considered underdogs is because of that Mahomes high ankle sprain, which did look gnarly as hell last weekend. However, the news on that, given the extremity... Given the way it looked, the news on that actually has been very positive so far this week. And again, I'll have the pro football doc by later on to give his expert take. But looking at how it looked when it happened, and then looking and listening at Patrick yesterday, you know, you got to feel about as good as you can, given what it is. Patrick himself yesterday declared he's, quote, ready to go, end of quote. And even more important than that was that he was a full participant in practice. And there was footage on Twitter of dude bouncing around, getting a jog in, and looking fairly spry while he was doing it. Now, that doesn't mean all is well. That doesn't mean he's fine. But to me, it's a pretty good sign. A pretty good sign. Another good sign for the Chiefs is all the bulletin board material that Cincy Player and Cincy Fan are putting up this week. Remember you had Eli Apple running his mouth and clowning the hell out of Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs online, on Twitter? Pretty amusing. In fact, pretty hilarious. Until he decided to work in his Damar Hamlin reference, and then it wasn't funny at all. In fact, at least one Buffalo Bill jumped on social and threatened to kick his ass if he did it again. So then Apple walked that part back. But you know the Chiefs. We're watching that whole thing play out thinking, man, wait till we get our shot at this dude. Because you know he's going to run his mouth. But that's nothing compared to, and I said I would get back to Arrowhead. That's nothing compared to Burrowhead. As in Burrowhead Stadium. Which is something that no less an authority than Bengals corner Mike Hilton Actually, yelled into a camera in Buffalo on Sunday with Eli Apple flexing into the camera right behind him. I mean, we'll right? see, see y'all in Burrowhead. Yeah, baby. I you in We'll see y'all in Burrowhead. I mean, I get that they were feeling it after what they just did to Buffalo. I get that they've been to Burrowhead before. But man, that is something else, right? Let's see see in you in Burrowhead? See you in Burrowhead. I've been to Arrowhead. Place is fierce, yo. That is, there's a reason why that's considered one of the so-called proverbial, quote, hostile environments. That is a really tough place to play for an opponent. And these guys are up and flexing into the camera with see you in Burrowhead.
1: See y'all in Hey,
0: man, taking nothing away from the Bengals. Nobody can, right? They've got a big brass set and they love running smack and of course i love that and even more importantly they've earned it they've earned the right to do so because they back it up but if you're gonna look into a camera and say see y'all in burrowhead man you best back that up you best back that up now you're writing big ass checks with your mouth that you hope that your game can cash but that's how strongly they feel about Burrow. They literally took Arrowhead and glossed it Burrowhead. So, you know Kansas City is taking heed. They're paying notice. They're even saying that they're noticing it. You know, normally they'll play it off like, yeah, nah. Yeah, nah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We don't care. We don't need that to motivate ourselves. And then the team that doesn't need to be motivated by it, goes out and rolls the other team, then says, hell yes, we were motivated by it. But that's not what's going on here. They're already saying that they know about it. They're already saying that they're hearing it. Here's Travis Kelsey. Not that you want to give that guy the best tight end ever any motivation, but here's what he said on the latest Kelsey Brothers podcast this week about, quote, Burrowhead. Getting everybody fired up.
2: We are the loudest stadium in the world on record. 42, 142 decibels. Did you guys break the record this week? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe uh, we're going to have to break it this week because uh, a lot of Cincinnati Bengals fans are calling it Burrowhead instead of Arrowhead. Burrowhead. Whoa! Yeah. No, the that disrespect to the Arrowhead they they're, continues. They're throwing, they're throwing They're throwing a lot of bulletin board material out there, Ron.
0: All right, so notice the way he said that with that tone. You know, like, hey, clones, what do we want when we're craving protein and we need more energy? I'll tell you what we don't want. Bars, sugary snacks, energy drinks. Nah, we want beef, pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your father's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. No, Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. So it's tender and tasty. It's never tough. So why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. In other words, they take smoked beef extremely seriously and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein and comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest it goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach, anywhere at all. So look for Old Trapper in the clear view bag. You can see the quality that you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? He heard it. And if he heard it, they all heard it. So it's easy to say, you know, hey, if you need bulletin board material at this level, then you, you're not at this level and you shouldn't be at this level and you shouldn't play the game anyway, you know, all that stuff. And don't get it twisted. Professional athletes are always looking for any kind of edge, any kind of fuel, anything at all to motivate and drive and get them to dig even deeper. Any slight, real or perceived, lame or not, cringy or not, corny or not. They are. I mean, do you have any idea how much fuel Michael Jordan was able to get out of a bunch of crap That he used to just make up? That's bullshit. He did. He would make up crap just to motivate himself and drive himself, whatever it took. So you can say that cheesy bulletin board material is fake and that if you need it, you're weak. But I'm here to tell you, you're wrong. You're wrong if you think that because these dudes actually do run with this stuff more often than not, which is fine. I'm not saying don't say it. Say whatever the hell you want. Do whatever the hell you want. I mean, I would leave Damar Hamlin out of it, Eli. But say whatever you want. Do whatever you want. As long as you show up, show out, and back it up. And the Bengals generally do. And in this case, they are bringing all the swagger, all the confidence, and all the smack for good reason. Why? Well, it's been a minute since they lost a big game, And more importantly, they have beaten Kansas City in their last three meetings, including last year, in this very same game, in this very same stadium. You know, Burrowhead Stadium. So what I'm saying to you is this game's got the makings of an epic classic. Who you got? Who you got? Big Head and I will release our picks on Jim Rome's Big Head bets after the program. But in the meantime, before I do that officially on record, I want to ask the question, who you got? Hey, KC fan, I want to ask you, how hard were you tripping when you saw Patrick get hit? And then how hard were you tripping all week long? And then how much better did you feel after you saw him yesterday? However, how sad would you be if he went with one of those walking boots onto the practice field? I mean, you saw the guy. No limp walking off the podium from that presser. And I know you've been watching that on a loop, right? Telling yourself, it's all good, it's all good, it's all good, it's all good. However, he did glide away from that podium. But what if it was just two steps, and then the camera panned away, and then he put that boot back on? Then what? Not that I want to go deep into this, but hear me out. Bengals and Burrow aside, in a vacuum, all right? And I, I don't want to give it up, but you're telling me, I can get Patrick Mahomes and the home field. Mahomes? And a point or more? I mean, sign me up for K- for KC, right? Yeah, but Rome, it's Mahomes on one leg. Yeah, well, I'll take that guy with no legs over most quarterbacks with three legs. Signed it, Nick from Indy. There, clone. sorry, I did it for you. Keep it in your phone. Jay Woods of OmegaTaxCredits.com is with me now. You've actually started a new operation, a new wing, Omega Funding Solutions. Exactly what is that and how does that work? You file an amended payroll tax return with the IRS. And the IRS is backed up. You know, they were hit by COVID too. They had the pandemic to deal with. So it's taking them anywhere from six months to
1: a year to process these refunds. So we came out with a solution where we can help you get access to that cash
0: earlier in as, as little as two weeks. See if you qualify for an ERC tax refund from the IRS, OmegaTaxCredits.com. We are joined by Will Hewlett. Will, it's great to have you on the show. How are you? Great, Jim. I appreciate you having me on. Really good to have you, Will. Thanks so much. Let me ask you about Brock, because this guy's football odyssey, obviously, is amazing when you consider he went from being the last player taken in the draft, of course, to starting the NFC Championship game. I mean, incredible, right? So when did you first start working with him, and then what was your impression of his game and his ability?
2: Yeah, uh, I got a chance to start working with Brock almost a, a year ago uh, to this date. Um I, I, I shot down to Orlando for his final bowl game against Clemson, got to watch him up close and personal. Um, and then he came up three days later and started training with us in uh, in Jacksonville, Florida. So I, I knew pretty early on he had some special traits just by the the way that he approached his training, some of the improvements he made uh, right off the bat. And, and um, it was super impressive to watch that progress through the offseason. And uh, now seeing it all come to fruition on on Sundays and in big games is is really uh, rewarded.
0: So well, what about his makeup and his mindset? Like, do you work on those types of things with your players? And then what kind of marks do you give him in those areas?
2: Yeah, um, immediately. I mean, you know, I think the term is uh, he's he's got a dog in him. He is really aggressive in terms of his approach at, at working on the little details and being a great quarterback. Um you know we we are as careful to not tinker too much with athletes as they're getting ready for the the combine and the pro day. Uh, we don't want to overwhelm them with too much information or too many changes. But he was a type of athlete that was ready to take on anything that we threw at him. Um, it, one of the comments he made was, "Hey, you can tell me everything. I can handle it." and And initially, I was like, ah, yeah, I don't I don't know about that, but he his ability to take on, you know new technique changes in his release or different changes in his footwork. Um, and then sit back and be critical of his own play and and um, you know areas that he needed to improve on you know, immediately stood out in, in the process and, and we uh, just super impressed to see him just progress the way he did through
0: that off season. See, I love that, right? Will? you want guys who want to be coached hard. You want guys who want to get better. You want guys who want to grow. So given all the work that you did with him and his mindset and his willingness to learn, how surprised were you that he had to wait until the final pick in the draft and was taken by the Niners as quote, Mr. Irrelevant.
2: Right. Um, You know, I, I think I I understand where NFL teams come from, although I I still think the the grading process is is broken. I, I don't think evaluations of quarterbacks. I think it's a 50-50 for for a lot of teams. Um I think if you even ask the 49ers, they would probably say that they missed on Brock, Brock Purdy. Uh he, obviously he should have been drafted higher. I didn't I didn't think he would wait till the last pick to be uh taken. Um and again, I understand that the height and and maybe he's not as athletic as some others, but he had, you know, elite scores in terms of um, you know, the cognition testing we did and then his ability to uh his 0 to to 10 uh, split in terms of sprinting was actually pretty good. Um and so those areas that you see in his game that were were there if you tested and looked for. Um but I think again we're we're very caught up in the 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 uh measurables that we're so used to in terms of the height and and the um you know how big the arm is, etc. Um uh, when some of the greatest quarterbacks of all time have been, I guess, deficient in in some of those areas. So it's, it's I think he was missed by a lot of teams. Um, you know, they, they did the draft over and he should have gone a lot
0: higher. We're talking to Will Hewlett. Well, one more thing, not to be redundant, but like Bruce Feldman, who is an excellent yeah. college football writer for the athletic, was able to dig up some anonymous pre-draft evaluations. It's one thing to miss on a guy. And I understand that it's an inexact science, but Bruce dug up one quote where a team had quote, no interest. Another called him quote, sawed off end of quote. Like, teams will do what they do, but what's your reaction to those two evaluations?
2: I mean, again, it's it, it it blows your mind that these multi-billion dollar organizations have, you know, it's it's recycling the same type of people, I think, that have a mindset that's outdated, um, you know, and I get not overcorrecting to the, the analytic side of things, but I think if you dig into the numbers and you truly look at the film and you understand who an athlete is, and then you know if you're able to measure um you know how how they can process and then see the improvements they made um then you can come up with i think a, a much better um uh, evaluation of athletes and again you see it every year where there's guys that are potentially missed um even even with the the dolphins this year with Skylar Thompson i mean he had a lot of success and he was a late round pick so i think we have to continually evaluate how we look at the quarterback position and um there's still a lot to learn.
0: It's a great point. Now, well, obviously, you feel very strongly about him. I can hear it, and I listen, I hear what you're saying. I know you have confidence in Brock based on the work the two of you did and the way you know him, but did you have the kind of confidence where you'd expect him to step right in and lead the Niners to the NFC Championship game and rip off seven wins in a row and be totally unflappable once Jimmy Garoppolo went down? Did you see that happening?
2: Uh I wish I, I I could say I did, <laughs> but uh, sure. I mean honestly, I did I did I did know he had um, I guess the X factor right. We uh, our, our team of of uh, trainers and and people I work with we we could tell that he was different about how he approached his training and and how he executed things. Um, you know, could I have predicted this much success so early. I don't think so, but I did know that at some point, if he got a chance to get on the field, it was going to be really difficult for someone else to get their job back. Um, you know, happening his rookie year in the situation, maybe couldn't have predicted that. Uh, but I am not surprised um, by how he is in terms of his demeanor and on-field presence. Um, those things were very evident to me. Um, you know, during his pro day. Um, and, and again, I know the pro day is, is not playing in a football field, but when you get to know him, you can kind of see how he is in a pressured situation. Every throw you make is being evaluated, you know, in terms of where you may or may not fall and and, and how a team likes you. Um, so in those scenarios, it, it, he really um, produced when it mattered, and he continued to get better, and, and he's going to continue to improve, which is, is, is awesome that he still has upside.
0: Yeah, well, speaking of pressure, you're right. Every one of those throws – comes with a lot of pressure because you're being evaluated on every single throw. There's that pressure, and then there's what he's going to deal with this weekend. In terms of his mental toughness and his approach and his ability to deal with pressure, what do you think he's going to do when he goes into Philly, and you know he's going to deal with 65,000 fueled-up Philly fans with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line on Sunday? That's a whole different kind of pressure. How do you think he'll handle that?
2: I think um I think he's gonna thrive in that environment um again the mindset that he has um you know even even last week the first row it's a little wet balls high you know he responds quickly to maybe a misfire or a mistake you know we look at athletes on on how they respond to you know is it a one rep correction uh, and Brock does a really good job if something goes wrong it's not going to derail him he's very he's very centered he's not a um he's very even keeled in his approach, even, even as a person, you know, he's not going to get overly excited or overly frustrated. Um, and so I think he does a great job in the, the, the matchup between him and Kyle Shanahan, that relationship. Um, yeah. It's, it's, I think it's obviously a, a really perfect one and it, it's exciting to see I um, this, you know, how he's, how he's, experienced and and overcome all the pressure in the previous game so i think he's going to roll into philly i know it's going to be a different environment but i have
0: confidence in in
2: his ability to uh produce uh great results again
0: so so we'll finally you mentioned kyle shanahan this is the antithesis of what you teach but play along if you don't mind it's kind of unclear what the niners will do next season at quarterback because the team will have decisions to make based on the kind of competitor that brock purdy is and the success that he's had this year What do you think his reaction would be if the 49ers decided to go back to Trey Lance? Again, I know you don't want to think about that, but can I get you to respond to that anyway? Sure.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I I think he would be, uh, he's going to be a team player. Um, I think he'd probably be frustrated um, based on knowing what he's been able to put on the field. Um, But I don't think that would um, discourage him and and stop him from working um, to then, you know, prove that maybe he does belong as a starter. Um, I, you know, it's one of those deals where, at what point this season do you have to start making those decisions as an organization? I mean, is this going to be our guy? um And I guess we're always looking for the no, um, and he's only given yeses this far. As far as you know, him being able to excel at this level, and obviously there's going to be ups and downs. But I mean, I don't think I don't think we've ever seen anything like this before, and and. And regardless of the outcome of this this next game or the the game after, um, I think he's proven a lot to a lot of people that you know he can play in this league at a high level.
0: I agree with you. He is the lead coach at the Quarterback Collective. He has trained more than sixty Division One college quarterbacks in recent years, including the aforementioned Brock Purdy. He is Will Hewitt. Will, great job! Really nice to have you on the show. Will, thanks so much.
2: Thanks, Jim. Appreciate you having me.
0: This message is sponsored by Discover. Did you know that you could reduce the number of unwanted calls and emails with online privacy protection, the latest innovation from Discover? Discover will help routinely remove your personal info, like your name and address, from 10 popular people search websites that could sell your data, and they will do it for free. Activate in the Discover app. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash online privacy protection. Generally, it is postal workers who get all the shine and all the run for delivering in any circumstance, you know, and they deserve that credit. Obviously, you all know the whole creed. Neither snow, nor rain, nor heat, nor gloom of night, you know the deal. But answer me this, has a postal worker ever delivered during a live televised sporting event. I think not, which is why I have to shout out the best Uber Eats delivery driver ever today, because this is exactly what some dude in the Berg pulled off last night. Maybe you've seen this, maybe you haven't, but it's good enough and wild enough that it's going to get some airtime here. It was early in the second half of Duquesne v. Loyola Chicago in Pittsburgh when, incredibly, play was halted thanks to a food delivery dude invading the court during the game. Loyola would take over 10 minutes before we get a stoppage, and we've got an
1: official's timeout. And somebody came on the floor on the far side looking for an Uber Eats delivery or something There is He's carrying some McDonald's. Oh, this has to be one of the all-time uh, I'm actually not kidding. No, I, no, I this think, is the truth. I think that's what's happening. This guy's in the corner. It looked like he, was he going to deliver the the McDonald's to somebody on the court?
0: Can we rule that out? He's. A- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's an Uber Eats sticker. Is that I- what that is? I'm trying to get confirmation. Uh, yeah. Uber Eats, Yes. Maybe I'll put my hand up. I'm getting a little hungry. You can bring it over here. So we saw the stoppage that the man was usher. Let's see if we can see this. We're in the there he court. is. There, in the, right there. Yeah. The
1: the like, yay. Yay. So this a, guy is a, actually. Who's he delivering it to? The ref. The, the, the ref said later. Give it to me later. Not I mean, now. Philip Alston's done a lot. I didn't think he needed a Big Mac for sustenance in the middle of the game. I, I, I know, but I'm uh, well. The official out there, Tim. He, he he distanced him. Like I didn't say now. Later. That's got to be something that the highlight shows are going to have a blast with.
0: All right, so a solid enough call by these ESPN Plus announcers. And I'm not even sure what's better, right? The delivery dude court invasion, or maybe even the impromptu call of the delivery dude court invasion. Quote, the ref said later. Give it to me later. I didn't say now, later. I
1: didn't say now. Later.
0: I mean, like, who does that? Who just walks on a court while a full-fledged game between college teams is happening? You know who does that? The best Uber Eats delivery dude ever. I'm pretty sure nobody has ever been as committed as this dude, as committed to delivering a bag of Mickey D's. Put this dude straight on the McDonald's first-team All-American list for Uber Eats drivers. Hell, he is the food delivery player of the year, or of all time. My man is the GOAT. I mean, how do you even top that? Is some Lyft driver going to make a pickup on the field during the AFC Championship game? Just drive right out onto the grass and pick up and pull up to the line of scrimmage like, Hey, 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 are you Patrick? Get in quick, bro. We can beat the traffic out of here. I mean, this is incredible, right? This is incredible. No lie. After that grind-out session, you know, my Wednesday-Thursday swing. After that late grind-out session last night, man, that's exactly what I needed. Exactly what I needed to put a giant smile on my face. Are you watching on CBS Sports Network? Look. Right there. That's a giant smile on my face. That just put a giant smile on my face. The hell it did. Because who couldn't sniff that bull crap from a mile away? Who couldn't sniff out that bullcrap from a mile away? I would say if something seems too good to be true, it usually is not true. But there's nothing good about that. It was never good. Because it was clearly bullcrap from the jump. Right. Because some Uber Eats dude was just going to wander blindly onto a floor during a college basketball game. Sure he was. That dude is not the goat of delivery drivers. He is just another A-clown in desperate search of social media clout. And he found it. Because on the social media cesspool and the various platforms, people will do absolutely anything to get noticed, no matter how idiotic or moronic. I mean, come on, man. Did some of you really think this was one of those total, uh-huh. you can't make it up, moments? Man, Get that crap out of here. All of it. Of course, that was not a real delivery to an official during a game. I mean, are we not far enough down the road not to see these things as soon as they happen? It was a stunt for TikTok. The dude was wearing a mic. Some students were in on it. They were filming. Yeah, I know. Shocking development. Except it was to some of you. It was to some of you. Some of you were sharing it. Some of you thought it was awesome. Some of you thought it was cool. Hey, what are you going to tell me next? What are you going to tell me next? That those losers who crashed OJ's pad in the middle of the night and filmed themselves saying, wakey, 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 wakey. to a double murderer, that that wasn't real either. What are you going to tell me next? I don't know. Maybe that dude, Kevin in NoCal, will weigh in during the beef oh segment God. today. You know, the DoorDash delivery driver who's got a brand new beef with Door. Dash delivery customer every single week. I bet that dude's got a real beef with his nonsense. As I do. That's my beef. I'll get you started. The beef segment's not till the top of the hour. But I'll get you started with the beef. That's my beef. This stunt. And people for any of the stunts and all the stunts and the stunts and crap they pull to skip any actual work or process so they can become an instant legend and phenom without having to do anything at all except pull crap like that. And no, hey, listen, I'm not trying to be that bitter old head and telling anybody to get the hell off my lawn, get the hell off my porch. I get how the world works. I get that this does work for some people. I'm of the opinion that there are no shortcuts, there are no hacks, but you know what? In a way... There kind of are, sometimes. Like, if you can pull that crap off. But it better be damn good. It better be really good. I'm just saying, like, when social media is good, it's great. But sometimes that cesspool is one of the worst things ever. And my advice to you, if you see something that absolutely blows your mind and seems too good to be true, go with your gut. Because more often than not, it's just some a-hole Looking for cheap and easy fame and clout. But then again, I don't blame you because this having an actual job and doing actual work and dealing with this actual life game is hard, dog. I think that's an Uber Eats sticker. Yeah, I don't think. I didn't Uh, say now. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, come on. Some dude was going to walk on the floor during a game to make a delivery. The
1: the ref said later. Give it to me later.
0: Who, Who wasn't in on that? Other than the few of you dopes who bought it. Hey, clones, what do we want when we're craving protein and we need more energy? I'll tell you what we don't want bars, sugary snacks, energy drinks. Nah, we want beef, pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your father's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. No, Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. So it's tender and tasty. It's never tough. So why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. In other words, they take smoked beef extremely seriously and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein and comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest It goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach, anywhere at all. So look for Old Trapper in the clear view bag. You can see the quality that you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? So lately it's been kind of a thing. Do we start with the phone calls or do we start with the written? I've been bouncing back and forth. Phone calls actually were a thing for a while. Today we start with the written. This says, this guy's going to set the tone. My beef, the tool on the airplane, giggling his heart out for all to hear at whatever rom com he downloaded on his iPad Pro to view on the flight. Vince in Fresno. Lots of things to hate about air travel, and that's right near the top of the list. I agree. People have just no sense, do they? Of like social cues. They can't read the room, they can't read the plane. I do hate that. I hate that also when people just start ripping gnarly, blood-curdling farts on airplanes too. And then they act like we don't know who did it, so they got away with it. They're not accountable. They're not accountable to their flash ones. Hate that. Bruno in the Bay. Salutations, Jimothy Cricket. My beef today is with my employer. I look at them as my family... I'm on year 23 of my contract, and not once have they overpaid me by $1 million. It may be time for me to send a resume to LSU and take my talents to Baton Rouge. OSU did do that. Do you know what? That happened to me once. When I worked for another broadcast company, and I would even tell you this. It was when I made the most that I had made in my entire career. And they they overpaid me. They gave me a check that I didn't deserve. As painful as it was, I let them know. Painful. So, yeah, that, that happened to me. Jim, it was not a seven-figure check, but it was a good figure check. In fact, I wouldn't mind having that money right now. Hey, Jim, my beef is with my carpool partner. Do you have any idea how embarrassing it is when he cranks up Eye of the Tiger and starts singing along to it with the windows down? Worse than that, he bangs on the dash in unison with the four opening notes. It doesn't get any better when Life in the Fast Lane comes on. Thanks to him, I'm now on a city bus and my life is in danger. Jim in Quartz Hill. That's not true, Jim. I wish it were. That's good stuff. But again, if something seems too good to be true, it generally is. You made that up, dude. Stop lying. Fan Smack. My beef is with people who use the elevator at the gym. The elevator is only there for ADA compliance and emergencies. Unless you pulled a hammy during your 15-minute elliptical session, take the stairs. Don't let the automatic door hit you in the ass on the way out after you press the button to leave. Chuck, you know side. I like that. Pip in the box. My beef is with my wife. Always realizing she forgot something from her shopping list when we are in the checkout line at the grocery store. Oh, my gosh. Here, here, That happens to me and DJ all the time. All the time. DJ is short for Dodger Jano. Dodger Jano does that all the time. And she's like, oh, forgot this. And then she'll go to the other end of the store. And, of course, the checker has rung everything up, and I'm waiting. And she's looking at me like, what? Chill out. What's your problem? What's my problem? Have we ever gotten to the market and this not happened? Yo, bro, preach. He goes on. Then she proceeds to send me on a mission to get that item. And I got to run through the store like I'm on supermarket sweep in order to avoid being that bag who holds up the line. Do it better, babe. Tony and Redwood. Let's see, DJ doesn't do that to me. She goes to get it herself. She will not send me out to get it, but I I don't remember ever going to the market where that didn't happen. It says, my beef is with adolescent monsters who don't do a damn thing in class and act like a bag only for them to cry and plead with the teacher for a passing grade at exam time. Grow up and learn how to cheat off others like the rest of us do and have fun getting your car keys ripped from mom and dad war parents who actually care about their kids. Kenny and Albany. I interrupt this beef segment for another conversation that DJ and I had about the aforementioned Logan Rome. I said to her last night, Logan goes to an extremely academic high school, University High School in Irvine. Not an extremely athletic high school, but extremely academic. How are we in sports? Well, we'll kick your ass in chemistry. We'll roll you up in physics. And the baseball team is much better. Shout out to the coach Wesley Shaw. Good job, Wes. Anyway, I said to Janet last night, I have something to say, and this is not just me being negative Jimmos. I have a real question. I've never seen never once seen that kid study. I've never once seen Logan Rome study. Ever. Jake Rome used to bust his ass. He was kind of like his old man. He was kind of neurotic about it. Like Got to get my ACT up. Got to get my grades up. Got to get into a good college. Machine Gun Kelly there is like, I'm good. I'm cool. I'm good. How's my hair look? We got anything to eat? I'm like, Janet, how is he getting into all these colleges? I mean, safety schools, but he's getting into all of the ones that aren't his first choice. How? I've never seen the kid crack. When does he study? Like like he, I don't think he's ever studied. When does this kid crack open a book? And she couldn't even answer. but but he got into Arizona. he got into Arizona State. he got into Kansas, he got into Kansas State. he got into Iowa. he got into Purdue. he got into Boise State. Yeah, I know. not exactly UC Santa Barbara, but he's getting into all these schools. How? I've never, he's a senior in high school. Never mind senioritis, man. This guy's got high schoolitis. When has he ever studied? I digress. Hey, Van Smack, my beef is sales quotas. When the entire sales force can't hit their quota, the answer is not to triple that same quota. Memo to sales management, put that coffee down. Coffee is for leaders only, you arrogant bags. Put McKay in t- Oakland. Dude, don't get down. me started. Oh, I know. I know. I know that sales life. It is hard. Why do you think I do the radio show host life? Because I sucked at sales. It's hard. Hey, sales rep. Remember, Coffee's remember when you started the month and every month you go back to zero and they've got that shame board. It's not a motivational board, it's a shame board. They've got that white board up with everybody's number. So when you walk through the door, they want to see you sitting on zero to shame you to work harder. Remember that shame board? Remember when you used to get that tiny little sale at the start of the month and you'd hold on to it all month and then not report it till the end of the month so you didn't end the month with nothing? I remember all those tricks. Remember that time you had a prospect. And you didn't want to prospect because cold calling sucks. So instead, you went to get lunch. And then you went to some pizza joint. And the hostess took the person in front of you. And you took that fishbowl with all the business cards where they give away that free lunch once a month. And you emptied the entire fishbowl of business cards into your briefcase. And then you left. And remember when you walked through the door without a sale and the sales manager again wanted to kick your ass and said, What are you doing? What are you doing out there? And you said, oh, I'm prospecting. Look. And you dumped the entire briefcase of business cards on his desk. And then the sales manager said, oh, okay. I see you were working. Good job. Good job getting all those business cards that you stole from the fishbowl from people who thought they were entering a contest to win a meal. I knew all the tricks. I tried them. They just didn't work. Breaking news since we digress. Breaking news during the beep segment at Rap Sheet reports. The Panthers are hiring former Colts head coach Frank Reich as their new head coach. Sources tell me and Tom Pelissero, the organization's first QB now becomes their coach. That means Steve Wilkes is not getting that job. Or Jim Harbaugh. Or Sean Payton? Sounds like Sean Payton's not going anywhere. Let's go to the phones. One, we're going to mix it up right now. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to Grand Rapids. Tom. Tom, good to have you. What's your beef?
1: Thanks for the vine, Jim. Like Alvy, when it's time to wrestle, I'm going to get in and get out. My beef is with the super bags at supermarkets who don't return their shopping carts to the car corrals. These people are sociopaths. What does it take, like 20 to 30 seconds? I mean, that's the same amount of time it takes Queen Danica to wreck a new Tenderoni. Ward of My Lions put an Aaron Rodgers Green Bay career in the ground back in week 18. Out.
0: Nice job. Hey, Alvin, how many references to short sexual sessions are you going to allow before you run somebody? Apparently as many as this guy wants. That, that, That might be the most... Well-used, well-played, tired beefs that we have. For some reason, the shopping cart beef, but it always works. It's true. Hey, idiots, walk it 10 feet over and put it where it is. That way it doesn't drift out and ding my car. Or I can't park in a spot because you were too lazy and you left it there. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to San Francisco. Travis. Good to have you. Travis, what's your beef?
1: My beef is that guy that drives down the freeway in the fast lane that's doing 65 when you come up on him from behind. He doesn't move over. You're waiting. You get your opportunity. You go to pass him. An idiot, Miss Daisy, wants to speed up and race you like you're going to the same (laughs) destination. Miss Daisy, we're not racing. Get over to the far right lane. Stay where you belong. Let me go by you. We're going to two different destinations. War Bengals, go Burrow.
0: All right, Travis, you got it. Again, not great, but I can live with it. Why don't we try Iowa? Dickie in Iowa on the phones. Dickie, what's your beef? Jump man.
1: I got a beef, and it's probably not going to sit well with a lot of people, but go to hell, rare steak guy. (laughs) I'm tired of you mean mugging me every time I order my steak medium well. And, uh, you know... I uh, I paid $35 for this ribeye. I'll order it any damn way I please. I'm
0: out. <laughs> you know, I kind of like that. Are, are guys mean mugging you for ordering it rare? He's right. It's his steak. He can eat it any way he wants. He paid 35 bucks for it. Now, we'll tell you this. I'm a medium rare guy. I'm a big-time medium rare guy. And if you give me a choice between medium well and rare, I'm going rare. I feel really strongly about that. But it's not a reason to go. And most of all, it's not a reason to judge. Eat your meat any damn well way you want. But I feel really strongly about that. I'm not send food back guy, but I want my steak. And I'm a steak man. Medium rare. And if I have to choose between medium well and rare, I'm going rare all day long. All I'm saying is get the steak right. Please don't jack up with the steak. Don't jack the steak up. That's really important to me. Let's go to Seattle. John in Seattle, the beef segment, moving right through it. John, what is your beef?
1: My beef is that I'm fed up with my neighbor's dozen cats, crapping everywhere and eating the birds in my yard. I've kindly asked my neighbor to control the felines. The response I got was, they're meant to be free. Well... Decided to do a little trapping and try Vietnam's favorite snack, fried cat. Not nah, dude. No. nah,
0: dude. Nah, dude.
2: Like like not that okay.
0: Not good Everything car. was okay until the end of that. Not okay. I'm not going to repeat the line. Just know that's not okay. 1-800-636-8686. Come on, callers. You're not. Holding up your end of the deal today. Cody in Northern California. Good to have you, Cody. What's your beef?
1: I'll tell you my beef, Jim. Thanks for the vine. Your XR4 TI idiots that you got going there can't answer the phone. And then six months ago, when the old radio button pushing guy Alvin freaking DeLoro goes on a swinger extravaganza for two weeks and doesn't let any of his phones know about it, that's my beef. Hey, taco, taco, pick up the
0: damn phone when I call. Wow, bro. That's the angriest caller we've had in a long time. Hey, Alvy, you know, you and I never actually did touch base on this because I don't like to interfere with your personal life. But how was that two-week bender where you went, went swinging? How was that? Alvy says, quote, it was very refreshing. It was a cleanse. Thank you for asking. Can I ask you a follow-up question? How long have you, can I ask you a follow-up question, please? How long have you and Mill been swinging? No, no, no. And what has that done for your relationship?
1: Dude, dude, no, no, no.
0: All right, fair enough. You did answer the first question. Glad that you took that two-week swinger-bender vacation. Thank you. And why is Chalk Taco Taco? What is that, like, Double Champ? Taco Taco? Double Taco? That dude's pissed. Taco Thursday! Taco Thursday! Okay, like, what's your beef, bro? Everything. Everything. Your whole damn show. Your crew. All right, now we're getting somewhere. Let's go to somebody who's done this before. Let's go to Omaha, Nebraska. Kathleen in Omaha always has beef. I'm not going to say hello, Kathleen, because you've never once said hello to me. Kathleen, what's your beef?
1: Ever ever since Seamus came to the WWE, I never liked him. And to make things worse for me, we share the same birthday. I would rather share with gorgeous baby boy, Luka Doncic. We shared the 28th, but I'm January, baby is February.
0: Racker. I love Kathleen, just Racker. thirsting after whoever it is. War lady, Baby come. boy, Luka Doncic. She's funny. Kathleen, and still her record is intact. She has never once said hello to me. She has never once said hi to me. She has never once... Refer to me by name. She's never once referred to me as Baby Boy Van Smack. I'm not her type, clearly. And by the way, Kathleen, no offense. I don't want to be your type. Just keep doing what you do, Kathleen. Keep lusting after Baby Boy, insert, whoever. Flavor of the month. Let's try Pittsburgh. I love Pittsburgh. I love the berg. That's a tough town. That's a blue collar town. That's a passionate town. Let's find out what's going on. Jeff in Pittsburgh. Jeff, what's your beef?
1: Well, Jim, we're going to head back into the sauna. It's for that lady that finally works up the gall to walk into the co ed sauna, only to be creeped out by the four old cottonheads sitting in there staring at her.
0: Good day. <laughs> Dude, that whole thing was creepy. A co-ed sauna? And this is a B for the lady that finally got up the courage to go into the, quote, co-ed sauna and then was upset with the four cotton heads that were staring at her? Hey, Jeff, I'm going to assume that you're one of the four cotton heads. A co-ed sauna. (laughs) All right, let's keep this thing going. Why don't we go with Tim in Salt Lake City. Good to have you, Tim. What's your beef?
1: Well, hello, Jim Rome. Good to talk to you. And my beef is I got to follow those two clowns. Are you kidding me? Well, that's fine because I'm here to complain about delusional cake guys. Right? So we've been talking about Jamar Hamlin. Yeah, he's actually dead. Well, why don't you freaks go ahead and straighten up your tinfoil hat well, I tell you, nobody cares about your delusional takes. I'm the guy who leaves the cart in the middle of the parking lot, happily so. Yeah, and let's be honest about Jeff Saturday. Yeah, my delusional take is he was the right guy for the job. He was never the right guy for the job. Jim Mercy's out wandering around with 10 G's in his briefcase, and you think he's going to hire the right coach? That's like saying Kirby Meyer's a good husband. Let's ask Blondie in the bar. And, oh, by the way, let's be real honest. Your kid Logan Rome doesn't study because we all know they call you pimp in the box for being a billionaire. You paid his way into USC or wherever he ends up, and all of a sudden Logan Rome is the greatest rower we've ever seen. I'm out. <laughs> <My man. laughs>
0: that was an extended beef. You know, I let him break all the rules. Normally with the beef, I tell you, get in, get out. You know, get me your beef and keep moving. And that guy just kept going and and being loud's not a take. That guy was loud and didn't get in or out. Bam, 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 bam. Listen, quite the contrary about Logan Rome. I've made, I said this the other day on the show and I make it clear every chance I can. Dude, I am not a billionaire. I'm not even rich and I'm taking it with me. I'm one of those people that when they put me in the ground, I'm going to end on zero. I'm taking it with me. Yo, that's my money. That's our money. We earned it. I earned it. Yo, kids, do not think that there's this great windfall coming. I've told them that. And no, I'm not trying to buy him into anything. Man, I don't want him to go to USC. You know how expensive that is? I don't want him to go to USC. Okay, no, he, I didn't superimpose him in a boat. I didn't put him on a rolling machine. I think I'm pretty clear about what this kid does. He's a baseball player. And if he has any shot at all to play baseball in college, it's probably small, small college baseball. I'm not buying him. I've I've made this clear. I'm not buying his way into anything. I've let him know in no uncertain terms. Dude, notice how you're not applying to college schools in California. I see you working. You want to get the hell away from me so you can do whatever the hell you want. I see you working. Now I need you to see me working, rogues. It costs a hell of a lot more money for me to send you out of state. Why do you think nobody in-state wants you? Because they want out-of-state money, and everybody wants to come to California. Quite the contrary, Broham. I've told Logan, man, you better, better maintain a certain standard, or I will drag your ass home, and you will go to City College, and you will figure out the rest of your life. No, that that caller's got that all twisted. I am not a billionaire, and nor am I going to (laughs) buy Logan's way into anything. But I love the kid. Love the kid. And when he's right and his stuff is moving, he is filthy. He is filthy. He's just not blowing up by anybody. All right, let's go to the phones. 1-800-636-8686, Alaska. I love it. Matt in Alaska. Matt, what's your beef?
1: Jimmy, what's going on, man?
0: What's up, dude?
1: Hey, dude, I got a beef about a beef about a beef. We got a guy calling in with the name Dickie. I've hit this before. If you're an adult, your name should not be a little boy's name, Johnny, Mikey, Billy. Now we got Dickie. Once you turn 18, you've got the free agency to do whatever you want with your name, like you've got the free agency to do whatever you want with your steak. If you're going to order it medium well, save yourself 25 bucks and just grab a bag of jerky, dude. War Rogan Loams dropping down and war the animal control officers out there that are snagging all these stray cats. That's all I got,
0: Jimmy. Wow, bro. Matt in Alaska. That's funny. That's funny. If you're going to order, again, I don't agree with this, but if you're going to order your steak medium well, why not just get some jerky? He's funny, too. I've covered this before, but I got a beef with a guy, a grown man named Dickie. If you're going with a kid's name, it's kind of funny because like I've said before, there are four or five people that still Jimmy me. Jano will Jimmy me. But she'll go with all the normal pet names that you give to your husband. Sweetie, sweetheart, honey. Stud muffin. Sweetheart. My mom will jimmy me, but my mom's 80 something. I don't I don't know. I, I feel you. I agree with you. You should stop being dicky and Jimmy once you're 12. But some things die hard. I'm not done yet. How about one or two more? Let's go to Missouri. Travis in Missouri. Travis, good to have you. What is your beef?
1: Yeah, my beef is going to be the, uh, the Powerball and the Lotto Scratcher people that just stand in line and then never know which one they want to pick out. And then when they do get their scratchers, they just move about a foot over to where you can't even pay. Get your stuff, get out, and go on with your life. That's it. Go Chief, brother.
0: Nice brother other. That was incredible. Alvin, did you fire that or was that him? That that sounded almost exactly like what we have. That was amazing. You know, the funny thing about that lotto D-bag take, we get that every single week, but you know what? It's always true and it always works. That guy's right. And not to keep inserting the family in, Dodger Jano likes to play the lotto. She'll do I it. She's like, you work so hard. You work so hard. I'm gonna get you out of that life. She plays a lotto. We never win, Jack. But she does Brother. it. She tries. Sister. Brother. Sister. Sister. Brother. Wife. Wife. Dodger Jano. Channel. Brother. Brother. Let's go to Deming. Brother. 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 <laughs> that was pretty amazing. Let's go to Brother. Ed in Washington. Good to have you, Ed. What's your beef?
1: Hey, Jim. Hey, as a dad of identical redheaded twin toddlers, my beef is every time I go out of the house, I have some amateur comedian telling me, hey, double trouble. Hey, what else a two for one special on? Hey, jerk. Instead of asking me, you know, all these ridiculous things, how about you just hold the door for me and help me get into the store?
0: I'm out. I appreciate it, dude. That that was real. And my man, you know, that's going to go on forever. I feel you though. It's got to get so old. I, I bet every time that guy steps off the curb here or something like that, and I bet it's kind of like me and dealing with you clones and you clones thinking you're clever and thinking you're saying something that I haven't heard a million times before. That's that guy. Hey, hey, dad of the two redheaded twins, welcome to my life. Now multiply it by a million. So I feel you. I identify with you. Brother. Are we done, Tommy, or do we have one more? Let's go one more written beef, and then I'm going to get out for Romeo Dobbs. Rome, my beef is with you losers who want the shopping carts returned. So we scan our own items. We bag our own items. We bring our own bags, and we have to return our own filthy cart with the missing wheel and rotting lettuce in the bottom. Screw you, I'm drawing the line. Ron in Colorado. You know what? He's got a point. I got to admit, I didn't think I would ever see the other side to, can you just return the cart? He's right. Really quickly, another Rome family story as I go to break. So whenever we go to Punta Minta at the end of the year, before I get my crap stolen, we have the same drill every time. We get off the plane. We have the driver take us to the, I think it's called the mega market, whatever it is. And Dodger Jano loads up on groceries for the entire week. So we have food. This mega market, you want a beef. They don't have grocery bags. They don't have bags at all. Not even for sale. They don't have bags. So you look around and I forgot that we went through this last year and it was a freaking nightmare. Imagine buying a week's worth of groceries and not one bag, not one. And you think that if you went through that nightmare, you'd never want to experience it again, but we forgot again. And I'm looking around, I'm seeing all the locals, they bring their own bags. They're smart. You have no idea what kind of hustle it involved to bag up an entire week worth of food and drink without a single bag. We're running around the store buying crap to use as bags, scrounging, begging for a box. I got a real beef with that. Come on, man. You're a market, dude. You're a market with escalators. Fact, they have escalators. It's a gigantic, bleeping market. You can't have bags? I'll pay for your bags. It's insane. A week's worth of groceries and not one bag. Good night! night.